0: This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. All right. Chapter six is taxes. And I remember in the process of writing this book, I was like, we were going to put taxes like in the efficiency chapter. And I'm telling you guys, I can't just make a statement that says taxes could be, um, the biggest wealth transfer in your life and just write two or three paragraphs about it. So I I dedicated this whole chapter six to just talking about taxes, but I want this to sink in. Now I open up this example, I'm going to try to read this. So let me uh, give you an example of a hypothetical financial situation. The situation I'm thinking of, of involves a person who earns $35,000 per year, but spends $40,000. Okay, so let's get this straight. You earn $35,000, Okay, you spend 40. It's not looking good. As a result, the income slash expense gap uh, they are incurring, incurring um, they have to take out some debt. So this person also has $200,000 of credit card debt. Okay, now my question is, would you agree with me that they are in a poor financial state? Um, in order to get a better place, they would either need to dram- dramatically increase their income. Aren't you guys glad that I'm not reading this whole book? <laughs> so in in order that they to get more money, they would have to either increase their income or decrease spending, okay, and knock off the debt. And that's, I mean, again, 35,000, like they would have to spend a lot less than 35,000 or they need to make more money. And I'm, I, I'm a big fan of the, the latter. Um, so let me ask you a question. Would you take an investment advice from this person or hire them as a financial advisor? If they were in this situation, would you do that? Would it make sense to have this person um, as a business partner? You know, how would you structure your money? Like, so like, okay, let's say this person, maybe you're not taking financial advice from them, but what if they want to go into business with you? Would you do that? I hope you're screaming, no way. There's no way in the world you would do that. And yet I'm going to make a bet that most of you listening to this, and yet there are millions of people doing the exact same thing with their money. If you add eight zeros to that person, You get the US government. When I, when writing this, the US government, um, was, you know, was earning about 3.5 trillion dollars and spending about 4 trillion and they're roughly 4 uh, 20 trillion in debt and I can tell you for a fact that we're way more than 20 trillion dollars in debt that's how exponentially our debt is increasing and so you can go to usdebtclock.org to get really depressed i i literally like go there and you're going to be more depressed but like look at look at that and then look at the unfunded liabilities because i think that's also pretty depressing but 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 essentially any qualified plan that you put your money in, you are partnering with the government. Like, why do you think the government, why do you think the government, uh, let, let me say this, if the government comes up with these great ideas, like 401ks or IRAs, like they're, they're even the Roth IRA is a government sponsored plan. If, if the government's in this situation, don't you think they have some kind of agenda behind it? Again, I, I'm sounding like a conspiracy theorist, but like the government is going to take our money. And we're going to go back to this recording and I'm going to say, I told you so, but like, it's so obvious like our government is hurting for money we wouldn't we don't want to take advice from someone who's super desperate because there's their motives could be wrong and i'm just saying our government is super desperate so the problem is we are putting our money in tax deferred accounts and let's say these as postponement plans we're postponing our our money our future growth on a you know a day down the road and and so these plans represent tax sheltered the well, let me re-say that: these plans are are represented as being tax sheltered, but they're not. They're not tax sheltered. They're they're think about they're tax dungeons. Think about that. Like our money is literally locked up, and we can't do anything with it. We're not sheltering our money from any tax. We're just deferring it. We're just postponing it. And I would argue to say the government's getting the the good end of the deal. So when we talk about the three stages of our life whether it's growth whether it's our income stage or whether it's our legacy stage we got to understand that taxes play a huge role in that and again so many people like the the common the common knowledge by the way is like okay, you're making a lot of money, taxes are are high now, let's just defer when you're retired and poor, you can take out that money, and they're not going to pay, your taxes are going to be in a lower tax bracket. And again, mathematically, that could be true. Now, number one, the people that I work, I hope don't have that mentality that someday in the future that they're going to be poor. I mean, that's not a really fun thing to think about. But the number two is we're assuming that nothing happens in the government. And I mean, in the in reading this right now, Trump's our president, who knows what's going to happen in the future. My point is, I think there's a lot of people a couple years ago that would say Trump would never have won president. And he is our president. And so, just like that, we could swing to the other side of the fence, and there could be crazy things that go on on either side of the aisle that could really affect our money. And so, we just got to understand that, like, we can't assume next thirty years are going to be the exact same. I think that's a really poor way to think about it. So, I break down um, uh, some examples of just different ways to pound, get across, pound in your head that taxes are going to go up. Okay, so I talk about um, the first one is the unknown, and so. I talk about the difference between the brackets and thresholds and I talk about there being a lot of unknown things and if you look at just in history and you look at increases increasing our taxes increasing and you look at just the history of like even what happened in World War like inter wars so where that we had to increase money, like there's a lot of unknowns and the bracket can change and also the threshold can change. Uh, the second thing is the harvest. Now I love popcorn. I, I eat popcorn almost every day because it's just so good. But uh, here's the deal. If you gave me, if we had a truck full of pop, so popcorn seeds or, well, let, let me, popcorn's a bad example, but I could still use popcorn. Um, let's say you have seeds that you want to go and plant. Let's say you have, you know, corn seeds, okay? You're going to actually plant corn. So you, you could pay the tax on that corn or you can pay the tax on the harvest, Okay, I I butchered that whole example. But the point is, would you rather pay tax on the small seed or the massive harvest? Most people would say, oh, the seed. But most people are doing the exact opposite with their money. Seed or harvest, which, which would you rather pay? The third thing is the gamble. And the gamble is really represented to this idea of of postponing our tax to a a time that we have no clue and and also there's three big things that i'm going to highlight that um like it's it's easy to look at our money now or look at our debt now and say this is a problem but we got to look at at the future and so i'm gonna i i highlighted a section for me to read so um yeah here we go to see the example of how tax rate and thresholds can be changed in order to cover what the government needs to fund, consider this. In 1941, the top individual tax rate was 81% and the highest threshold was $5 million. Okay, meaning if you made more than $5 million, you'd pay 81%. A person in 1994 would would who made $200,000 could uh, be reasonably com- uh, confident that they didn't need to worry about being in the higher Tax bracket or paying the highest rate. Unfortunately for them, one year later the government raised the top tax rate to eighty-eight percent, and the threshold was lowered down to two hundred thousand. Not only did the top wage earners have to pay more in taxes, but the threshold was lowered, lowered so considerably more people were added to the bracket. Why did the government make those uh, drastic changes in the tax code? The answer is can be boiled down to one word: math. And speaking of math you know i'm again i'm i'm just just pointing out time after time what i'm seeing here and when we think about this there's there's three things that need to happen remember when we went back to the family and said okay they they need to do something different they need to spend less they need to earn more money or they just need to like their debt needs to go down quickly so let's 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 look at this okay can debt be paid off? Like, let's look at the government. Can debt be paid off? When this book was being written, the national debt was approximately $20 trillion. I I guarantee you it's higher right now. So go check usdebtclock.org and see what that is. Increasing by over $2 billion per day. These numbers can be so far beyond our ability to comprehend um, that we lose any real like meaning. And, and I feel like a lot of us are numb to this idea. The math, however, puts it pretty clear perspective, and it's mathematically impossible for the government to just pay off their current debt as it is right now. So number two, can expenses be decreased? And I need you guys to take note of this. In, in 2016, roughly 76% of every dollar was needed to pay for Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, And interest on the national debt. The government accountability office estimates that by 2020, 20, it could take ninety two percent of every dollar to fund those same line items. Those four things, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and interest on the national debt. Like I'm not even including what it costs to like Keep our country safe. There's a powerful picture in, in on page 65, and it and it shows a dollar, and 25, 28 percent goes to Social Security, 28 percent goes to interest, 21 percent goes to Medicare, and 15 percent goes to Medicaid, and that leaves 8 percent for everything else. Let me ask you this: Do you think the government can cut spending anytime soon? The answer is no. Can income be incre- increased? Okay, this is what's going to end up happening. Is the, how does the government increase income? you know, how do we make more money? We make more money. How does the government make more money? Tax us more. I mean, as someone that doesn't believe in higher taxes, I'm saying that's the only way for us to get out of this this mess that we're in is either cut spending or increase taxation or figure out some kind of creative way to raise more money. And what, whatever that creative way is, that that's going to be through some kind of a tax. And so again, guys, I am going back to this idea of of like, things change. And, you know, can the debt be paid off? uh, You know, this this again, I'm not saying this to be depressing. I'm just saying this, like, we need to start thinking that we're partnering with the government every time we do these plans. That's all. That's all. I'll, I'll end on that. I just want that to sink in. And just for you guys to start thinking about the future as it relates to the money that you're investing today. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.